Hello and welcome to this Sunday, August 18th, 2019 episode of Sidekick Mastermind. Now today's episode is about discovering how to let go of suffering and unhappiness. Now, what makes me an expert in this? What makes me someone that can talk about such a thing? Well, in 2012, I stood on the Golden Gate Bridge because I wanted to commit suicide. And that was just... That felt like the end of all sorts of suffering. And then I continued to have suffering and unhappiness for years after that. Now we're seven years later from the time that I stood on that bridge. And, you know, the the hope that I found on that bridge was within. And the difference between me and some of the other people. I mean, I don't know exactly how many people have killed themselves from that bridge, but it was um, over 1,400 the last I knew, and I'm sure it's higher. Last year, I went to a stomp out suicide walk here in Jackson, and it's starting again here soon um, in September. There's going to be another one, and they're going to have something at the Michigan Theater, I believe. And I'm struggling because there are so many things in Jackson that I want to be a part of, but I don't want to be a part of at the same time. And in some of my past podcasts, I've called out other people in the community, but at least they're going out and doing things in the community, whereas I'm sticking to myself and not uh, providing much value. You know, the I'm providing, I've provided some value to some people. And I seem to let my frustrations get the better of me and... I haven't been good at business. I haven't been successful at business other than when I ran my computer repair business and I didn't really want to do that. And so many people work jobs they don't want to do and I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm not going to work except on what I want to do. And while it's going the extra mile for society it's not going the extra mile for the people that need it most and then I've battled with myself like okay I put this on hold so that I can help these people and then everyone has limitations and then as we see those limitations in people we begin to have less faith in them And it's like, you can have everything right in front of you and still be unhappy and still be suffering. 
You can have all the opportunity. You can have you can have the food, you can have the shelter, you can have the transportation, you can have the opportunity, you can be living, you can be working, you can be playing, you can be loving, you can be learning, and you can be paying it forward. But, well, you can be doing the motions of those, but not actually be successful in those and still be suffering with unhappiness. And, I mean, a year ago, I was in the hospital this day. And it was a nice, needed break. And it disconnected me from certain people that I needed to be disconnected from. I really disconnected from everyone, almost. Except from a very, very... I mean, there were like two people that I communicated with consistently in the real world, and then two other people that I communicated with virtually over phone and through the internet. Um, so, I mean, five people, yeah, I could say that there were five people, less than five people, if you, I mean, including me, five people that I had I had a couple other interactions I guess short term interactions but I mostly kept to myself and then helped one friend and then worked to help some other people and I haven't been as successful as I would like to be and I continue to be held back not just by limits on resources but lack of resourcefulness and there's a constant pulling because I want to help others and I need to focus on my own and I look at everyone else's dreams and visions there's only one other person one under one other individual that I've specifically talked to that I was like maybe their vision includes mine now there's a chance that it doesn't, that they are crazy, which you may think I am. Um, I think that there's that fine line where some people will go crazy on this ambitious path. Me, I've, my life has led me to this and I'm not saying that this is divine because I think that a lot of, everyone feels that. That's the thing. It's like people take DMT and then they, you know, see the whole universe. And that's not what happened to me. But when I did shrooms in Las Vegas, at one point I thought that I had killed myself another point I thought that I um, was the owner of Las Vegas you think some weird things on psychedelics and I've only taken shrooms once and um, a small amount of DMT that didn't have much of an effect um, I mean I would say the effect was much less on that than with, with the shrooms the psilocybin mushrooms in Las Vegas 
And so why am I talking about this? Because in the quest for ending this suffering unhappiness, you're going to hear a lot of people talk about DMT and ayahuasca and things like that. And there are brews and there are things that you can smoke. There are things that you can eat. And I think you got to be very cautious of what you're doing. You know, there are, yes, there are studies that ecstasy can help aid in depression, but self-medicating with ecstasy is not probably something I would advise. <laughs> you know, you've got to think about these things more than just, oh, you know, screw the medical industry. No, well, the, the medical industry is actually a lot, a lot better than what you think. Yes, there are mistakes, there are some some bad people that, that do some not so good things. There are some th people that, that make mistakes and they don't want to get found out and then they don't tell others. It's scary. And that's why we've got to take control of our own happiness and mental health. Because if you go into, say you're feeling some suicidal thoughts and you walk into the the emergency room or well, I'll go down on a couple different scenarios. We'll go down the emergency room, walk in, and um, the police being called for a welfare check. So if you walk into the emergency room, you walk in and say, I'm feeling some suicidal thoughts and, um, you know, I need to protect myself from myself. I need some help. And they'll say, okay. Um, they'll probably get you in relatively quickly. I think that, that you get in relatively quickly. That way, maybe not. It's hard telling. Um, but if you're calm and and collected you'll sit there and then when they're ready for you you'll go in the back depends on the emergency room too I actually happen to have a very good emergency room in my community and I've heard a lot of people I've heard a lot of horror stories I've actually I actually think I probably have one of the best mental health units in the country sadly I may be wrong but they seem to think so some of them it's very interesting because soon they're all going to be equal there's not going to be better or worse because there's going to be unification and the information is going to be out there not unification of people but unification of information and access to it So, walking in, you know, going into the, the psych ward, your experiences are going to be mixed. And if you walk into the emergency room, you could spend a lot of time in the emergency room. You could spend days, I think. <laughs> Generally, I think they like to get you up there within 6 to 12 hours. And that's what I've waited many times, 6 to 12 hours. There have been two occasions where it was full, 
and I stayed in emergency for a while and then was transferred one time to to another city and then another time I was transferred to a, a place where I could basically walk out if I wanted to um, but they would call the cops on you. It was like a, a halfway hospital type thing. The emergency, walking into the emergency room is probably cheaper than um, if you, if uh, there's a welfare check done. Because sometimes they'll, they'll have an ambulance ride and then you can get charged for the ambulance. And then you have more suffering, more unhappiness. If you have, you know, Medicaid, it'll cover all of it, you know, here in America. But so it's like Medicaid, if you're poor, you can get Medicaid, but you can't leave that poverty area because as you grow, then it's like you start losing. And people are like, why would I work? Why would I work harder to get less? It doesn't make any sense. Now, Medicaid kind of sucks because there are certain people that won't take it. And you can wait a long time for things. The hospital is a lot faster. If you're really suffering and struggling, the hospital can protect you for a short term. But ultimately, you're much better off going on a camping trip. In all honesty. I... You could literally live at a campground and buy a camper for a year for less than, I mean, not a brand new camper. It would have to be a used camper. But you could do all that for less than the cost of a psych ward visit, a two-week psych ward visit, at least here in Jackson. So if you don't have insurance, that's going to cause a lot more suffering. Now, if you have a welfare check and you don't cooperate, you know, walking into the emergency is one thing, but having a welfare check done that's kind of against your your will, if you don't want to go to the hospital, the police are going to make you almost every time. It's very difficult to talk the police out of it. If you actually told someone something, like you were feeling depressed and suicidal, if you told someone that and they called the police, the police are going to get you to the psych ward for a mental event, to the emergency room or some other similar situation for an evaluation. If you don't cooperate, they'll just call in back up and they'll forcefully take you. Now, the nicer you are, the nicer they're going to be to you. Especially if they know you are depressed and suicidal. I mean, they're humans. But, most of them, I don't give a shit. To be completely honest. I I really cut back on my cussing and I've been really working on it. And that just kind of slipped out. But the fact of the matter is they've got people shooting at them. And they've got 
people, you know, shooting at others and especially. Now, just because, see, here's, here's another stigma. Because of all these shootings, now people are stigmatizing. This is something that, that I didn't have early on. And it was only this last visit. Um, this last hospital visit was the first time I felt stigmatized that I was going to hurt someone else. And I, I was going to emotionally hurt people through destruction of their business um, because of their own wrongs. And because of, I, I don't know if it was the person, I don't know if it was, you know, there were so many overreactions on my part, on other people's part, and God didn't save us. You know, that's the fact of the matter, is... If you are in a point and you're like, God, please, I need something. Give me a sign, please. You're going to get a sign. You're going to find a sign because you're looking for it. But if you say, God, please give me the strength to end my life, to push through, to make this happen. I don't know that you would be stopped. Now, I've done similar things at times, yes. And I've prayed for, for death overnight. But to really deeply, deeply, deeply pray for that strength to end it, that's another thing. And I'm not saying there is no God. But I am saying that um, there are a lot of there are a lot of people out there that are going to use their religion against you, and it's going to erode your own faith if you don't develop a faith on your own, and that faith is something you have to create. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist outside of you. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is you have to create it. You have to decide on it. And if you don't decide on that faith, and if you don't decide on that hope, then you, you dwell in that suffering and that unhappiness. I spent a lot of years in it. And it's like, now that I'm ending this year, I have two PPOs against me, personal protection orders, because of this instance. Um, that's, that's never happened like that. Now, I have told people that, look, I'm going to expose you on social media and obliterate your reputation if you don't make changes. And I don't know that I was the person to be doing that. You know, it's not on us to judge others. And that's the thing. I think that a lot of it is 
we're judging others and we're judging our we're judging ourselves and then we're judging others just as harshly um or close to it so then we just we don't want to be around anyone and part of it is because we need to we know we need to work on ourselves we know we need to improve ourselves and then the other part of it feels hopeless because we have this constant we don't even have the time to breathe and get our head above water because it's just more water flooding in trying to drown us trying to take us down and that's where religion really comes easily into play and it's so easy to get wrapped up into any sort of religion cult that kind of thing because it's because people are are looking for it they're looking for that hope they're just trying to find a little bit more hope to get through another day You know, and I'm speaking from a lot of personal experience. This is probably the the thing I have the most authority on. I've been to the psych ward um, nine or ten times. And I've been to, you know, two different ones, three different ones. The first one was when I was 16. But that was half of my life ago. And it's taken that time. That was when I first started. That was finally when I was like, okay, yep, I need help because I, I, I don't want to be here. I really do not want to be here in this planet, in this world, in this life, in this body. So I started therapy and stuff like that and... We can't blame our parents because our parents really don't know and our step parents and things like that. But adults make a lot of stupid decisions. And now that I am, you know, twice my age at that time, you know, 16, now 32, it's like, okay, I get it. I understand why I thought that people were such idiots. Because. We don't really know what we don't know. Very few people have true understandings of the world around them and what's really going on. They they wake up, they, you know, clean their house, they work, they come home, they, you know, eat, watch some TV, you know, do their thing, and then they go to sleep. Have a little fun on the weekend. But mostly it's just about the daily repetition and it's about those daily habits. It's it's like, you know, you get up, you, you take care of yourself, you shave, you, you know, you, you shower, you make yourself presentable, you go out into the, into the world and you live, you work, you play, you love, you learn, you pay it forward. And it's... It's like you look at the ants and, and they're going and they each have their own little role and whether they're ha happy or suffering or, you know, the whole mess of them gets disrupted by a kid coming through and stomping on them or someone coming and spraying poison on them. 
those same outside forces can happen to us. Just like we can be those outside forces on these colonies and literally, you know, murder mass colonies of insects. Uh, that same thing can be done to our own attitude, honestly. By these unknown outside forces that we have that maybe we can see, maybe we can't, maybe they hit us, uh, blindside us, maybe they, you know, they look like this person, but it's really this other force. It's an energy. There are, there's a combination of energies flowing. And it's not the, the people that are good or bad. It's these energies and experiences that they face. And some create some people that are just like, not not uh, people you want to be around. And that's why we've developed prisons and things like that. They stoned people in Bible times and they say you should do these things. I don't know those answers. And I have put a big emphasis on solving problems and serving others. And that's important. But we also need to take time to care for ourselves. And that suffering and unhappiness comes from feeling like we've lost control. And sometimes we try to regain that control through rage and anger. And sometimes that's the only way we can regain control of our own self to keep from going down that negative path of you know self-destruction. Sometimes the anger can be self-destruction. And that's why drugs and alcohol are very dangerous. And self-medicating is very dangerous. And for someone that does self-medicate, to say that seems hypocritical. And that's the thing. It's like I was told by a doctor that, yeah, you could, you could smoke, you know, a gram a day. And I'm over a gram a day. But... These doctors will, will prescribe Adderall, which is an amphetamine, and they'll prescribe these other things. And you can start getting your life together, and then they'll take it out from underneath you. And now, I don't know that amphetamines are good, <laughs> you know, for, for people to be taking. So it's probably okay that they took that away. You know, the Adderall. But before that, it was like washing dishes. My body would feel different. And my mind would do different things. And the Adderall shifted something in my body and mind that I can't quite explain. And it's been so long since I've been on it now that I probably forgot some of it. But the first time I took it and was able to stand at a kitchen sink and do dishes, I was like, is this what normal people feel like? Because I had never felt that. And I still don't feel it. Um, see, marijuana is different than the Adderall was. 
marijuana does a couple things. One, it does something with my stomach, which I've always had stomach problems, um, anxiety related. There's, you know, if you research gut brain connection and you're suffering and you have unhappiness, it's probably going to make sense to you. It's like, oh, I've had gut problems. I've had these, these sicknesses, or I've just ate whatever. And maybe you didn't feel the, the gut problems in the same way that other people did. Your gut brain connection still reacted the same. And I don't know all the answers. That's the thing. But we don't have to suffer. And I don't know what really shifted. I don't know if it's the certainty. Because I have certainty through, through my wife in a lot of ways. I don't know if it's the variety. Because I have such flexibility through my days. I don't know if it's the... Um, the significance in being able to do the work that I'm doing or the love that I do feel both from my wife from others in my life and from myself learning and growing by following my curiosity I'm definitely doing that and I'm contributing paying it forward so of course See, the thing that bothered me the most is because I don't have the money to pay for my internet because I'm having to pay considerably more for my internet than other people because of where I'm living, and I only moved here because I thought there was internet to begin with. And so now I'm paying $500 extra per month when we weren't even paying $500 per month for the whole place before, and we were going to be moving out of town and I don't know what happened and it caused me a lot of suffering be- well I know what happened I I lost faith and, and my, I let my decisions bounce all around and my unhappiness get to the best of me and the suffering but these podcasts have transformed my life podcasting is one of the most incredible things And these are to help attract the right partners, the right customers, the right employees, the right investors. Some people are just going to be partners in working together. Not necessarily that they're going to bring you know, money to the table. They may bring resources. They may bring their experience. Um, but we won't be paying them directly and they won't be paying us directly. We work together for our common goal. Customers, they'll be paying us and we'll be providing a product or service. Employees, they'll be pr- providing a, a service for us and we'll be paying them for their time and energy investors they'll be providing money to us and we'll be returning that cash by innovating most people don't understand how how business works and how living, working, playing, loving, learning paying it forward works how to have that balance so are you living? most of us are all of us are if you're listening 
Are we working? Are we playing? Are we loving? Are we learning? Are we paying it forward? Now, if we have the loss of love or the fear of loss of love or the fear of poverty, the fear of ill health, the, the fear of criticism, these sort of fears, we're going to struggle. That's why I've created these podcasts like I've done. Because I want to help end the suffering with people. Help people understand that they can take control of their lives. And every day, it's like each day things happen and I'm just like, why is this happening to me right now? And, you know, I get those pits to my stomach and it's just like, this is overwhelming. But the momentum and the habits are, it's like, just just keep going. You've got people that love you. You know, I don't, we don't have the right to take this life because we didn't really create it. What we can create is this experience. And we either create a good or a not good experience for others through our decisions and actions. And this whole human experience is something that we've all just kind of been handed. So we've got to make the best of it together. And there, yes, there is a lot of unhappiness. There is a lot of suffering, but there is a lot of good. There is a lot of happiness. There is a lot of people coming together. There are a lot of people working together to actually improve lives and make the world a better place. And the way to make the world a better place is by, you know, making your world a better place. Designing what you want to live, work, play, love, learn, and pay it forward. Thank you for another episode of Sidekick Mastermind. If you want to learn more about what we are working on, go to inspirelancing.com. That's inspirelancing.com. Have a great day.